Welcome everyone. It's the uh, May market update from myself and Mike, and uh, we've chosen a good time to do it. You know, we're, we're on the 13th of May as we record this, and we've just had two or three days of uh, activity in the market, uh, a few down days, so things are getting interesting again. Um, what's your initial take on what's been happening, Mike? Hey Daniel, so I, I suppose it's still a question of real world and markets going in slightly different ways. I mean, the good news is that uh, we are reopening in the UK, beginning to see that in other parts of Europe, uh, people are, are being vaccinated and that, that, that's really great news. And markets having risen aggressively when, when you know, we had a lot of misery in the real world, they're now getting more choppy. And people in markets uh, have this saying, you know, sell in May and go away. Uh, come back St. Ledger's Day, which is back in, which is in, in, in September. Um, and, and that talks about seasonalities. And seasonalities, uh, I guess, are the propensity of markets to behave in kind of the same pattern at different times in the year. You know, they rally in January and then you sell in May. And I, I, I'm a bit wary of it because some of these effects are not sig significant. Um, and also, I think it's just a, it's a little bit lazy to think that you can just... Uh, uh, devise a strategy with respect to where we are on the calendar. Having said that, I think what looked like quite a robust marketplace is beginning to to look a bit shaky. Tech stocks, uh, small cap stocks in the States uh, have come off. Uh, bear in mind, we're only still three or four percent off all time record highs in equity markets. So that, that puts it into perspective. And I think what's really happening is that, first of all, there is this adjustment going on with respect to inflation and bond deals. Uh, and then secondly, I think a lot of the stocks that have that are underperforming are those where you've seen most aggressive buying. And people are probably very, very long. But um, I, I think it's interesting, Daniel, we, we are getting into, and we, we referred to this on previous calls, this whole debate now on whether the, the Fed will continue to be very easy with monetary policy as we see inflation. Yeah, that's right. I've seen a lot of people in the um, financial press actually trying to attribute uh, attribute uh, the sell-off of the last few days due to the inflation numbers that have been coming out. So yesterday, for example, uh, consumer prices, they were listed at having gone up 4.2% over the past 12 months. But everyone already expected that to happen. Because if you think back a year, you had negative oil prices, you had the the uh, worst of the lockdown, those effects just hitting uh, the economy. So anything that's listed on a year over year basis was automatically going to jump as a result of that base effect. Yeah. So so I don't really think it's it's inflation right now. I think that those concerns are going to come, but I think we're a bit ahead of ourselves. Um, I think as you said, a lot of the stuff we're seeing getting hit the hardest in the market right now is the sort of stocks that did really well in 2020. And the best way of uh, thinking about this is if you look at the ARK Innovation ETF, which got incredibly popular with investors at the end of last year, because it had done really well, and it had all of the stocks, the stay-at-home type stocks. So you Zoom, Spotify, um, those sort of things. Yeah. What we're seeing this year is the old world stocks, the ones that we've been liking, you know, the values, value plays, you know, energy. Um, you know, it's anecdotal, but, you know, just yesterday, the S&P was off over 2%, but the energy sector was still up. Yeah. 
So it's a real, it's more of a rotation story for me. It is rotation story, and I think bear in mind we we did move, we did start to move into these sectors back, and I remember we made a move into energy end of last year, um, and we still have eight percent in cash, so we, we have the option to deploy um, some capital if we we get this sell off, and it's you know it, I think it's just you know on a day to day day to day basis uh, probably a bit more to come. Um, but I think we can look to be to be opportunistic. And I, and I suppose one question I have for you, um, g- given uh, the tremendous interest we're seeing in cryptocurrencies, I mean, more and more banks, institutions are now uh, having having sort of held their noses about Bitcoin and crypto a year ago. Uh, they're now building platforms and they're they're trading it. Um, and we've been following this for a while now. We're we're kind of for the last few months, oscillating around the fifty thousand level of Bitcoin, um, where do you see this this uh, debate going? And I suppose the latest news is that Tesla will now not accept Bitcoin um, for, for for car sales. Yes, Tesla, which is off about thirty three percent from its highs in February, has suddenly realised that they could do with appealing to ESG investors. Uh, so <laughs> at least that's my cynical take on that. Um, so that yeah, Elon Musk has come out and said he's not selling the Bitcoins. Like, as for Tesla, but he's waiting until they can uh, show that Bitcoin mining is using green energy. I think. Um, in terms of yeah, going back to my cynical old man routine, um, the point about banks, which in the past have said things like, "If I find any of my traders trading crypto, I'm going to sack them." You know, that was a JP Morgan. Yeah. Uh, JP Morgan, I think it was 2017. Yeah. Yeah, they've now uh, set up desks to trade in crypto. So uh, I, <laughs> I think as soon as people figure out how to make money out of crypto, they suddenly become a lot more positive on it. Um, and I think that's a trend that will continue over time. Uh, I think in terms of Bitcoin and its you know its price level, you're right. Over the last two three months now, I think that's been really range bound, and we're probably at the bottom of that range now. I, I think a lot of the more interesting stories that people have been concentrating on is um, more of a blockchain and, and other yep. crypto um, first of all stories. So Ethereum, which is the second biggest and has all these smart contracts um, and what do they call it, decentralized finance, uh, those sort of projects are on that um, blockchain as well. That's been doing really well. There's uh, a new project, of, well, a project that's been around for a few years but has publicly launched uh, this week called Affinity and you know it's it's one of those projects where when I start reading about it and what they're trying to achieve which is basically redesigning a whole internet it sounds incredibly clever and probably far too clever for my uh, my poor brain um, so <laughs> I think there's still lots of interesting things going on and it'll yeah. continue to grow yeah but it's super technical so uh, yeah, yeah. So, so the, le- the lesson is that the, the, the whole infrastructure of the industry is, is growing and expanding. Um, yeah. And I, I actually find many people are, are, are wonder aloud whether the rise of crypto will uh, lead to a weaker dollar. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, what's not, your take on that? I, I'm not sure. I think, I think dollar weakness at the moment is a function of the fact that uh, the Fed balance sheet continues to expand. Um, in some cases, faster than other balance sheets. The you know neighbouring country of Canada is, is a is a good example. 
Um, and also, we haven't seen real outright stress in markets yet, which would tend to, to help the dollar. So, you know, pe people are watching this. I think what's also happening to link this back to crypto is that there is this arms race building for central bank digital currencies. Um, where central banks will issue digital versions of their own currencies and, and sort of have direct relationships with companies and us as, as uh, uh, I suppose, as households. Um, and, and that shouldn't change much. much. It may make life more difficult for, for, for banks. It may mean that banks have got to focus more in certain, cert, certain areas. It will give central banks an awful lot more control and insight over what people do. And some people may not like that. And I think at the margin, people may, may prefer to have an account with the Fed than the People's Bank of China, uh, or even better still at the Bank of England or the, the ECB. So lots of lots of change and complexities to, to, uh, to come. Uh, I think for us, just to round up this call, keeping an eye on market volatility, keeping an eye on the rotation that you've mentioned, uh, and we have the option to be to be opportunistic. Yeah, well, well summed up. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Okay, thanks.